This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Governor Ivey signs a bill into law that exempts certain monies from the state income tax. The child tax credit bill is now a law in Alabama. It exempts families from paying taxes on the credit that's given to them per child. The bill allows taxpayers to calculate their federal income tax with certain items exempted from taxation as allowed by the American Rescue Plan Act. The sponsors of the bill, State Senator Dan Roberts and State Representative Jim Carnes, along with Governor Ivey, say that this new law will save Alabamians tens of millions of dollars this year. It goes into effect for the tax year ending on December 21, 2021. A controversial bill has also passed the Alabama House and now heads to the state Senate for consideration. The Anti-Aggravated Riot Act is creating a lot of debate on what defines a riot and who is going to be given the power to interpret what is dangerous or violent. The bill would classify any assault on a first responder as a crime if it's done during a riot. The definition of a riot is what is causing so much concern since it says an assembly of five people or more who conduct themselves in a way that creates immediate danger of property or injury to persons is considered a riot. State lawmakers in the House who oppose the bill say the language is too nebulous and open to interpretation that a group of five or more people could be deemed potentially dangerous and thus prosecuted for a crime of rioting without anything illegal being done. They also say a large group could be prosecuted as rioters for the bad actions of a few people from within that group. The bill also places a mandatory 24-hour jail hold on anyone who's arrested as part of a riot. The bill's sponsor, State Representative Alan Treadway, proposed the legislation as a result of the protests and violence that emerged in 2020 from the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis. Treadway says that if this law isn't put in place now, that more officers will be hurt or killed in the line of duty. Alabama's Attorney General Steve Marshall is calling for a key Biden official to step down. Marshall says that the secretary for the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, is refusing to enforce federal laws that would protect the U.S. border or U.S. citizens. Marshall has sent a letter to Mayorkas detailing his failures to enforce those laws and in so doing, violating his oath of office. Marshall says the border is now plagued with criminal drug cartels and human traffickers and that thousands of American lives are at risk. Marshall places this disaster at the feet of Mayorkas, calling on him to resign immediately. Thirteen other state attorneys general have signed on to the letter from Marshall. A Houston County prosecutor is suspended for messages he was sending to a female inmate that he was planning to prosecute. Mark Johnson was communicating with a repeat drug offender in jail. Now Johnson has been recused from the case that involves Jamie Connolly, and instead the state attorney general's office will prosecute that case. Connolly calls the notes inappropriate. However, at this point, Connolly's mother told WYTV News 4 that she saw those notes and they were inappropriate, but not making any sexual demands or revealing any sexual relationship. In general, it is not acceptable for a prosecutor to communicate with a defendant in a case in which they are both involved. A school district in North Alabama is celebrating the fresh air that they will soon be breathing in class tomorrow. The Madison City Schools have dropped their mandatory masking requirement for students, and it's effective this Thursday. 
Andy Blaylock spoke with 1890 News after he headed up a protest of the mask mandate. He also coordinated a Friday stay-at-home protest over the policy. Blaylock is a school teacher who is also running for the Congressional District 5, which is the seat that Mo Brooks currently holds. Blaylock says this is a victory for preserving the rights of parents to make decisions for their own children. Huntsville City Schools still has a mask mandate in place there. Blaylock is turning his attention to parents in that district and says that they are still proceeding with their Mask Freedom Day this upcoming Friday. Blaylock is also a Huntsville City School teacher. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news... A senior official from within the Biden administration is now confirming in a background briefing that Russian forces have maintained a presence in two of the breakaway parts of Ukraine for what has now been at least eight years. The Russian military presence in those two breakaway regions has now been labeled an invasion by the U.S. However, the official speaking on condition of anonymity talked to reporters this past Monday. That discussion is available as a White House press transcript, but names are not revealed. The official confirmed that Russian military has been in the Donbas and Luhansk regions ever since Russia invaded the Crimean Peninsula during the Obama administration. The official says that the only difference now is that the Russian military are being more overt and out in the open when it comes to their presence in those regions. Putin maintains that the military is there as part of a peacekeeping effort. Joe Biden called it an invasion at the start of this week. A Republican congressman who serves on the House Ways and Means Committee is calling out the fraud that is coming as a result of the pandemic relief funds. Representative Kevin Brady of Texas spoke on video saying a massive cover-up is being conducted by the Biden administration regarding taxpayer money being sent to frauds and thieves. He says that's to the tune of $80 billion. Right now, our Democrat colleagues are continuing to turn a blind eye to what is possibly the greatest theft of American dollars, taxpayer dollars, in American history. Faced with billions of dollars lost to unchecked unemployment fraud involving organized cybercrime and international crime rings, Democrats have ignored repeated calls for congressional oversight hearings. Make no mistake, in the early days of the pandemic, when we closed down our economy, shuttered businesses, and told workers to stay home, it was necessary to help the jobless. But these programs lingered and became one of the most flawed and wasteful recovery efforts ever enacted by the federal government. In fact, total state and federal spending on enhanced pandemic unemployment benefits exceeded $850 billion in less than two years. These programs have stunted our economic growth and worsened the labor shortage, resulting in the highest inflation in 40 years. As of today, we don't know how much of the taxpayer's dime has been lost to fraud, and that's the point. At the low end, the White House estimates nearly $80 billion has been lost to fraud last year. But outside experts put that number much higher, estimating that criminal fraudsters have stolen $400 billion from American taxpayers. That's half of all the COVID unemployment aid. And put another way, $400 billion is more the entire 2021 budgets of the Army and the Navy combined. Brady points out that when the $1.9 trillion COVID stimulus package was rammed through last year, that Republicans in Congress sought to add amendments that would target the relief and prevent fraud. Brady says that all of those amendments were completely rejected by Democrats. 
Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky says he will force a vote in the Senate on removing the federal mask mandate coming out of the Biden administration when it comes to airlines and airline travelers. I have a bill that I'm going to force a vote on in the next two weeks on getting rid of the masks on airplanes. It's only theater. You can take them off for 15 minutes and breathe air, which then is recirculated to everybody else. People are wearing cloth masks, which don't work. How many people wearing an N95? Probably 75% of the people are wearing cloth because the other ones hurt. And the thing is, is I think ultimately the Democrats are going to wake up one day and say, my goodness, everyone hates us now because we're the nanny state. And so it's happening and it's happening in a big way. And some of the Democrats are finally waking up. The science isn't changing, but the polls sure are. Paul spoke on Fox News. A pastor is speaking out about the truckers' efforts in Canada to remove vaccine mandates there. The Ottawa situation has changed dramatically in the past few days through the emergency powers that Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau enacted. He used those emergency powers to justify arresting the protesters, running horse-mounted police into the crowds, as well as confiscating and towing away the tractor-trailers. Now, Pastor Doug Wilson of Idaho is commenting on those actions in his weekly podcast. Over the weekend, Trudeau's flunkies in uniform cleared out the Ottawa protest, making a couple hundred arrests and towing numerous trucks, doing so in a manner that was genuinely tyrannical. He showed that Canada is now operating on China's social credit system, an example being the freezing of financial assets of people who donated to the convoy. In my view, he won a battle that cost him the war. We need to recognize that this is an optics war and Trudeau is losing it badly. This is a meme war and Trudeau is losing it badly. This is a naming contest and Trudeau is losing it badly. As it happens, in this situation, all my sympathies happen to be with the truckers. But what I'm observing here initially is independent of that sympathy. Sometimes the good guys lose control of the narrative. Sometimes the bad guys do. This time, it happens to be the bad guys. Trudeau regained control of Ottawa streets, but he has no elite corps of cops who can go fetch his narrative back. Wilson is a senior pastor at Christ Church in Moscow, Idaho. Two prosecutors are stepping away from the investigation into former President Donald Trump's business practices. The two prosecutors were part of the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. They were also part of the investigation that office was conducting against Trump. The resignation comes suddenly. And the timing is right in the middle of those prosecutors presenting evidence to a grand jury in order to level charges against Trump. The resignations of Kerry Dunn and Mark Pomerantz apparently come just as a new Manhattan district attorney, Alvin Bragg, assumes office. The two men who left their position did so without public comment on the reason why. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. You won't want to miss out on the 1819 podcast with host Brian Dawson as he talks to gubernatorial candidate Lou Burdett about a life-changing event when he was only 15 years old. And so that was how I grew up, uh, working when the other kids were watching cartoons. I was working in my dad's grocery store. And when I was 15 years old, I was leaving my dad's stores two days after Christmas, uh, December 27, 1974. Crossed a dark back alley street behind my dad's store, and two guys approached me in the middle of the street, pulled a gun on me, forced me into their car at gunpoint, and off we went. And um, they immediately began asking if um, my dad could get them or demanding that my dad get them $250,000 that night. Small town grocery store owner, 1974, $250,000. That's a lot of money. And I knew this was not a good plan. Yeah. 
And um, we end up out really, truly in the middle of nowhere. It was the boondocks. Uh, Roanoke's already a rural area. Love growing up in a small town, small town values. I just wouldn't give anything in the world for that. And so we ended up down this dirt road, and uh, they ordered me out of the car at gunpoint. Uh, we walk off the road about 30 yards. Um, within a couple of minutes, they bash in the back of my head with the butt end of the gun. Huge crack, uh, blood gushing, fall to the ground. And then within a few more seconds, uh, one of the guy's hands just slams into my chest and immediately know that uh, I've been stabbed, feel this sharp piercing pain, blood spilling out over my stomach, and I roll over. They stab me three more times in my back. There's a whole lot more to that story. You can find the rest of it at 1819news.com under the podcast tab. If you're enjoying the Daily Detail and want to get those reports directly to your phone or electronic device, be sure to subscribe either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been the Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 